Hello, this is Marissa Schaefer with Dancewell Podcast, and this week we welcome back Catherine Drury, who's appeared on Dancewell to talk about the importance of good mental health and about managing stress and anxiety. Catherine Drury is a licensed psychotherapist and clinical social worker who specializes in supporting dancers through injury, stress, burnout, and career changes. As the social worker for the Dancers Resource at the Actors Fund, Catherine provides individual and group counseling, referrals, and advocacy services to dancers of all disciplines, building seminars and programs designed to meet dancers' unique needs. Catherine treats adolescents and young adults with eating disorders, anxiety, and histories of trauma through her Manhattan-based private practice. She also has delivered workshops and lectures to the American Ballet Theater JKA School and Studio Company, the Ailey School, and the Princeton Ballet School, fostering resilience and emotional intelligence among pre-professional dance students. In partnership with organizations such as Gibney Dance and Dance NYC, Catherine empowers dancers and dance communities to better care for themselves, navigate change, and obtain the guidance and resources they need at all stages of their dance careers. She has published on her own work with injured dancers, presented at the Association for Applied Sports Psychology Annual Conference, and contributed to articles in Dance Magazine and Dance Informa Magazine. She has a Master's of Science in Social Work from Columbia University and a Bachelor's in Psychology from Barnard College of Columbia University. In my opinion, we can't talk about recovering from injury in full unless we address the importance of maintaining good mental health or discuss some of the psychological hurdles that appear during this process. A negative outlook, increased stress, and decreased motivation can slow recovery. Feelings of isolation and depression can have the same effect. So that's why I thought it was imperative to have a mental health care practitioner on this month. So please join me in welcoming Catherine Drury on episode 43 on injury, overcoming psychological hurdles, and the benefits of support. Catherine, welcome back. Thank you. Yeah. Happy to have you for a third time. Happy to be here. Great. So, um... I'm really glad that you're part of this month-long injury, returning from injury uh, discussion that we're having on DanceWell. I I think we can't talk about recovering from injury without addressing what's going on for dancers mentally and emotionally. And um, I think injury can take a really large psychological toll, um, and it's necessarily necessary to unpack that. So for me as a physical therapist... um, you know, I, I realize that we take on some of our dancers' concerns, but mm-hmm. I think it's imperative for most everyone to seek uh, additional help to, to kind of tackle psychological hurdles, you know, whether it's that's forming a community or talking to someone like you, mm-hmm. um, a social worker. Um, and I actually couldn't think of anyone, any better person to speak to this topic about um, because that's what you do. <laughs> um, so again, I thank you for joining us. So I want to speak in terms of time loss injuries and medical complaints that force us to modify our performance. So time loss injuries being the injuries we see that take us out completely. Mm-hmm. So for example, like um, uh, we have a broken femur or something like this right. uh, or a surgery. And then uh, also medical complaints being like something that forces you to modify and mm-hmm. that's persistent, right? And that still um, kind of plagues us as we're dancing, mm-hmm. even though we're not fully out, like there is a toll that comes with that. So I want to start by unpacking some of the psychological and emotional hurdles that come up for dancers like immediately upon getting injured or taking medical leave. Sure. I mean, there's so many different facets of this that we could talk about. But um, I mean, obviously, as a, a body-oriented profession, dance 
typically demands complete dedication mm. from a dancer starting at a typically at a very young age, right? And dancers focus so much of um, their time, their sense of self, um, their career, their training on dance and that dancer identity. Um, and so then any disruption to a dancer's career, um, you know, because of injury is often experienced for that dancer as a real crisis mm -hmm. um, and sometimes even a, a type of trauma. Um, at the moment of injury, that dancer's busy and full life that, that they've, they've had since childhood usually um, is brought to, to a screeching halt, um, leaving that dancer with really a tremendous void as mm -hmm. you know, he or she is, begins to work toward recovery. Um, an, an injured dancer is suddenly unable to pay bills, they're unable to participate in class or rehearsal, um, or do the work that is such a significant part of, of that dancer's existence mm -hmm. or identity again. Um, and then on top of that, the logistics of immediately having to access appropriate health care and navigate yeah. health insurance and workers' compensation benefit really systems <laughs> all compounds that, that stress and, and that emotional loss mm -hmm. um, and, and can be extremely overwhelming for that dancer. Yeah, absolutely. I think for me, I like, I witness these different stages of grief, mm. right? Like, so one that you just talked about, which like comes with the screeching halt, right? And the yeah. realization that you can't get in the studio. Um, and one, like even further down the line where it's like, you're getting back to health and like, you're still not your 100% mm. like you. And so you're like, am I ever going to get to the finish line where I can get back on stage and all that stuff? Um, can you, can you talk a little bit to those stages of grief that you see? Yeah, so, you know, I, I talk a lot with the injured dancers I work with about how this experience relates to the experience of a more sort of traditional loss or, mm -hmm. or mourning experience. Um, you know, when it comes to just grief more generally, um, you know, there used to be these kind of linear stages of right. grief um, right. that we thought people had to move through in a certain order and in a certain way in order right. to kind of fully process that grief. Um, and what we found, um, you know, over time is that that's not actually how grief works. Sure. And in fact, you know, different people grieve in, in very different ways and that there's no right or wrong way to, to process a loss. And however, someone needs to kind of move through and work through that experience is okay. Um, and so I'll instead often frame it as kind of different feelings of grief that might come up. So feelings of, you know, anxiety, feelings of depression maybe, um, feelings of fear, uh, guilt, anger, and a dancer might move through all of those at different stages of the healing process. Right. They might only hit on a few of them. Um, for certain dancers, yeah, that that initial moment of, of injury and experiencing that loss is, is particularly acute. Um, for others, you know, when a dancer is starting to get back to dance and their body feels different and they're experiencing the frustrations of still kind of navigating that injury, mm -hmm. that's when, you know, they really start to struggle and maybe need some extra support. And so... Um, Every kind of dancer's experience of moving through that process is somewhat different, mm -hmm. um, but there are certainly then some some certain themes that we see and um, types of support and, and help that are useful. Um, can you touch on some of those themes that you see? Yeah. Um, you know, so, I mean, on top of just the loss of not being able to dance and do what a dancer loves to do, 
Um, I see that, you know, for a lot of dancers, dance and being active is a way that they maybe keep feelings of anxiety or depression or stress at bay. Mm -hmm. Um, And so then, you know, not being to not being able to use that that coping skill um, creates some challenges emotionally. Um, I also see a lot, um, you know, I think typically as a dancer is moving through their career, they're, they're so busy, right, and their schedules are so packed and they're kind of pushing through and barreling through and sometimes, you know, either mental health concerns or other losses or, you know, stressors that pop up are kind of pushed to the side as mm-hmm. they need to just kind of keep moving forward. Um, and so then when all of that busyness comes to that screeching halt, as I described, sometimes some of that past stuff that has been left unaddressed sort of bubbles to the surface. And that's often unexpected for people. And again, kind of compounds the stress and loss around the injury itself as they're suddenly also having to deal with those things from the past that were never addressed and never focused on. Right. When it rains, it pours. Exactly. Dancers sometimes encounter difficulties as well as their bodies inevitably change Mm -hmm. as they're away from dance Mm -hmm. um or maybe the injury itself has caused you know some some changes to their physicality um especially for those dancers who really kind of narrowly define themselves and their sense of self by their dancer physique Mm -hmm. any sort of loss of muscle mass or weight gain you know during the rehabilitation process can again feel you know really threatening for them and really anxiety provoking a lot of you know the injured dancers I work with too express some frustration surrounding how friends, family, you know, members of the dance community maybe have or haven't responded to their injuries. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of dancers are wary of making their injury public right. um, for fear of maybe retribution from, you know, present or future employers or colleagues um, or feeling sort of ostracized by the dance community and those who aren't injured and, and can't relate to these experiences. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then in this time of crisis, you know, when, when what they love, when what motivates them, what's inspired, what inspires them is taken away from them, um, injured dancers can sometimes isolate, not share with the people who can really give them that support. Um, and again, that kind of adds to the feelings of, of stress, any feelings of depression or anxiety that, that have popped up. Absolutely. I, this is bringing up a couple things yeah. um, regarding isolation isolation and this kind of fear of sharing injury with a community. Um, one thing that I really love about some of our speakers this month, some of the dancers mm. who um, are talked about and shared their injury process, is I know two of them um, actually shared their experience of injury on mm. social media. Mm. And I, you know, it's kind of impressive to watch as a community forms around that yeah. and actually picks them up. Um, and I, I understand it. It can't be the same for everybody. Right. But I think there are hidden um, or untapped support systems that we need to be bold enough sometimes to, like, step out and find for ourselves. Yeah. Um, yeah, and that's that's been my experience as well. I mean, different dancers have different comfort levels in sharing, sure. you know, their experience of injury. But... Oftentimes those who do are surprised by kind of the waves of support that they receive and encouragement. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, and um, additionally, um, I remember Mikey, I think, says this uh, in his episode, you know, telling if, if, he's ups- if he was upset with um, 
how his support system was supporting or not supporting him. Mm-hmm. He would advocate for his needs. Mm-hmm. This is what I need for you yeah. from you now. Um, and creating that environment is super important, which brings me to <laughs> um, we've, we've identified, um, you know, we've talked about grief. We've talked about anxiety, uh, um, identity. Um, I want to talk about, you know, what, what you do here in the Actors Fund, mm-hmm. uh, creating a community to help support uh, injured dancers and, like, why, why that's important um, and maybe perhaps touch on some other ways in which dancers can find support that they need. Definitely. Um, yeah, so I facilitate here at the Actors Fund a support group for injured dancers, mm-hmm. which um, is the only support group of its kind that I know of. Mm-hmm. Um, I facilitate it three times a year in eight-week cycles, um, bringing together usually between eight to ten dancers from different dance disciplines, different stages of career, different stages of injury, um, all with the purpose of reducing that isolation that we talked about mm-hmm. and um, providing dancers with a safe and confidential space to support and encourage one another. Um, <clears throat> a lot of the dancers in the group, as, as you described, often talk about feeling frustrated that you know other members of their community, even other dancers who maybe haven't experienced injury, um, aren't able to, to relate and really right. support them in a way that's effective. Um, and I, I, I agree, I think it can sometimes be helpful um, you know, to then tell those people how they can best, you know, support and help you during that difficult time. Um, but, but this group of dancers is, is a group of, of peers who really get it and right. who really understand, um, what other group members are dealing with on a real, real personal level. Mm-hmm. So, you know, throughout the course of the group, I kind of gently guide it's the group's members through some of the different topics that we've talked about. So topics like identity, um, grief, loss, um, a dancer's, you know, injuries impact on relationships in their lives, body image, as I mentioned, um, pain, burnout, career change. Um, and I've seen the group really become a necessary component of a dancer's healing process. Um, as you know, different messages of encourage, encouragement and the importance of self care um, are are repeated, and mm-hmm. and dancers, you know, we're we're often uh, much more kind and generous to other people than we are to ourselves, right. and so you know, as dancers. Um, support and encourage other members of the group, they're often able to kind of repeat those messages back to themselves mm-hmm. and, and find support within themselves in a different sort of way. Why, like, why a group over individual? Yeah, I mean, definitely, you know, as you mentioned, addressing the psychological components of injury are really important for a dancer who's in the healing process. Mm-hmm. And I, I think a support group can be a particularly powerful way of 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 doing that mm-hmm. um again having you know this community of dancers who are able to you know relate to your experiences on a different level um the group also becomes you know a place where dancers can share 
different practical suggestions mm-hmm. and resources associated with rehabilitation. Um, so names of doctors, names of different healers, podcasts, books, right. um, exercises, you know, that dancers have found to be helpful. And certainly, you know, an individual therapist can also help a dancer do that and process um, those different emotions. Mm-hmm. But support groups have been found um, you know, in a lot of different medical settings and different um, rehabilitation settings to be, again, especially um, significant and um, provides, I think, a unique space where a dancer can maybe open up and share a bit more right. um, as they're talking with peers and, again, people who can relate on another level. Um, I think, I mean, here at the Actors Fund, we facilitate a lot of different groups, Mm -hmm. and I think that um, the performing arts in this community um, is made up of people who work really well in groups, right? Right. And who, um, you know, can really appreciate the different dynamics and different perspectives um, that that come up in the group setting. And so that, too, I think, um, for this population specifically, um, makes the group setting uniquely powerful absolutely and going back to that um what we talked about before like the isolation forming a community of individuals realizing you're not alone i imagine is very powerful yeah Yeah. i mean typically within the group you know we'll have dancers who are managing those sort of time limited injuries right so um uh you know just had surgery six months of you know pt or recovery and then they're planning to get back to dance Mm -hmm. um and you know for them the group is a space where um you know they can really process those emotions and feelings of stress that might get in the way of that healing process Mm -hmm. um and really set up then routines of Mm self-care that they can then maintain once they're getting back to dance um when i first started the group i maybe didn't realize that Um, Again, certainly the group is really helpful at that immediate moment of injury, um, but a lot of dancers find it to be really supportive and encouraging as they are getting back to class, getting back to rehearsal, and having the group to kind of hold them accountable as they try to get back, you know, and at a pace that's um, really going to allow them to heal without, Mm -hmm. you know, rushing back too quickly and maybe succumbing to other pressures to do that. Um, And also, you know, there's a lot of, I think, anxiety and fear that sometimes pops up as a dancer starting to be active again and remembering the experience of injury and Mm -hmm. things feel slightly different and are stiff and there might be some pain. Um, And so having the group to for that to process those feelings as well is really helpful. And I've Mm -hmm. seen it um, be an amazing, you know, supplement to a dancer's physical rehab in that way. Um, But then in the group, we'll also often have, you know, dancers who have been maybe, you know, managing difficult injuries for a long time, who are maybe facing, um, you know, even potentially career ending or career changing Mm -hmm. injuries. Mm -hmm. Um, And for them, the group is, is an important, you know, place as well. Um, to you know again process all those 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 emotional um, aspects of that experience that are coming up um, but to also begin to kind of expand them their, their senses of self a little bit right. and um, maybe explore other identities other creative outlets I've seen the group just create um, more sort of openness um, for for an individual to different um, methods of healing, to different, um, you know, potential career paths. 
Um, and again, I think it's that sort of diversity of stories and experiences mm -hmm. that, um, yeah, starts to sort of broaden a dancer's perspective. Yeah, absolutely. I think we can easily get pigeonholed into there's one way of doing it or this is the way I'm going to do it, but resiliency is key and mm. um, finding different solutions is good, um, which makes me think of... Um, Kyle Post's episode number 39 where he talks a lot about um, our identity and how it how it behooves us to make it more robust mm -hmm. uh, and to have things that we enjoy even if it's I think I brought up the example of even if it's we love cooking classes at Williams-Sonoma something mm -hmm. else that makes us happy um, is important to fall back on yeah. to have to fall back on and a lot of dancers you know in the group and individual and in my individual work kind of use um, the time off from injury to um, kind of reassess a bit maybe their relationship to dance and yeah. um, understand, okay, yeah, what else could I be doing to kind of expand my sense of self? Mm -hmm. What um, In what ways was I maybe not taking care of myself leading up to the injury? Um, what are some other things that I need to be doing um, to kind of diversify my identity a bit so yeah. when these kind of breaks happen, um, when, when these type of types of stressors come up, it's not quite such a significant loss as Absolutely. you said building up some resiliency and some um yeah cushion around that yeah so as you're saying that some some like you know anecdotally some things come to my mind where like dancers um injure themselves and are out and are on medical leave and let's say they you know broke a foot and they can't really walk around at least in new york city aka yeah. concrete jungle and they are stuck um they feel like they're stuck at home mm -hmm. uh, and they can't even do normal chores, right? Like cleaning the house, which right. might make them feel better. Like how do you suggest a dancer gets through this this particularly isolating period? Yeah. And I always say that structure and routine is really key. I mean, especially for dancers who are used to everything being so structured and so scheduled. Yeah. Um, you know, and for some dancers, you know, particularly company dancers, they're used to someone else dictating that schedule right. and that routine. And Definitely. so then to kind of set that up for yourself can feel kind of strange. Mm -hmm. um, but even if that, you know, if someone's stuck at home, even if that schedule is, okay, um, you know, from 9 a.m. to 10 a.m., I'm going to read this book. And then right. from 10 a.m. to 11.30, I'm going to watch this TV show. Right. And then I'm going to eat lunch. And really just setting up ahead of time, this is my plan for the day, even if those activities are, are restful and sedentary. Sure. Um, waking up and knowing this is what I've planned to do and accomplish mm -hmm. can already help kind of fight against some feelings of depression. And so trying to be sort of activated in your life mm -hmm. um, and do things that you know will, will help you feel better and have a plan for doing those things mm -hmm. um, can really help, um, yeah, reduce stress, reduce distress totally. um, when a dancer is stuck at home. Totally. I mean, obviously, you know, taking care of, you know, all aspects of a, you know, dancer's physical body, not just, you know, the, the components surrounding the injury. So, mm -hmm. you know, continuing to eat regularly, mm -hmm. um, getting good sleep is so important. Um, looking, you know, for other ways to be creative potentially. I always, um, am kind of hesitant when I, say, you know, oh, use this time off to explore other things and do other right, things, right? right? Because we know that recovery is really a full-time job in itself. Sure. And so sometimes that can feel like 
too much pressure and isn't necessary. Mm-hmm. Um, but for, you know, I, I do see it, it as being helpful for a lot of dancers to just sort of explore other interests and take up painting or, right. you know, some other, some, something that uses that creative part of their brains and kind of feeds their soul in some way, if, right. if not in the same way that dance does. Um, and recognizing too, again, that then those sort of, sort of hobbies or things that they might learn about other interests, um, can then serve them as they get back to dance and have these other sort of coping skills and mm-hmm. ways of taking care of themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I also, you know, in addition to, to finding a support system, to finding people, you know, who dancers can talk to, um, about this experience, um, you know, making sure that they're celebrating, small victories throughout, you know, this long process yeah, that often important. has a lot of plateaus um, and periods of, you know, just intense frustration. And yeah. so, um, you know, trying to really recognize um, each point of progress instead of constantly thinking about maybe how much farther there is to go. Right, which can be daunting. Um, yeah, and, and overwhelming. Um, that's something, you know, that again, in my individual sessions in the group, we try to really focus on and, yeah. and encourage. Absolutely. Um, and I think, I mean, that becomes even more important, you know, when, well, just, it is important, period, but, like, I'm thinking like recovery is not linear and so sometimes you might have setbacks and when you have setbacks which are normal um it can be even more more upsetting so yeah making sure that you realize how far you've come and even though it hurts more today you're still a lot farther than you were two weeks ago um it's super important um i think you know another point that i wanted to bring up is um how important it is to be your own advocate Mm -hmm. during recovery i mean always sure but um being your own advocate in terms of well a zillion things um one um you know telling your friends in your community you know what what you need from them Mm. um asking for a second opinion if you're uncomfortable with the you know the first healthcare practitioner you've come in contact with which can be really scary um or asking questions about recovery that you might think are silly, which there are no silly questions. And I know that sounds silly even saying it, but it's true. Like, you know, it's even something, you know, that you think might not make much of a difference might be the key to your success. Um, uh, And even when you're going back into the studio, being your own advocate in terms of like having a conversation with your director, even if it's difficult and you need to have multiple conversations of like, this is what I can take, you know, and this is how far my body will go now, um, which I realize becomes easier with time and seniority, but is important nonetheless. Yeah, that I thought of that as well when we were talking about celebrating small victories, that it's not just kind of the the physical victories, but also things like, you know, finally getting that PT appointment scheduled or finally, you know, connecting with your workers' comp adjuster or calling your health insurance company. I mean, you know, while a dancer is wrestling with the loss of injury, kind of getting up the motivation to do these tasks that do feel really overwhelming and that are often things that maybe a dancer hasn't had to do in the past. Yeah. yeah, take a lot of strength and, and, you know, one dancer and group described it recently as being your own superhero. Absolutely. You have to really fight for yourself throughout this process mm-hmm. because oftentimes 
no one else will. Right. Um, and these are, you know, unfortunately very daunting and complicating, complicated process processes in our healthcare system um, that require a, a lot of advocacy and a lot of um, assertiveness that mm-hmm. can be uncomfortable for a dancer. Absolutely, absolutely. Especially when our medium is often not our voice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, right, and when, you know, a lot of dance training environments don't necessarily encourage that type of assertiveness and and advocacy and um again I've seen the the group be really helpful in addressing that as you know especially dancers who have maybe been through these processes before really kind of um give other dancers that that boost to to fight for themselves and to, to speak up and it's uncomfortable now however you don't know where it's going to lead you Mm. for example I got injured, and now I'm a physical therapist. <laughs> and it was tough along the way, but, I mean, you know, I'm happy. Yeah. I'm very happy. So there are silver linings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One more thing I definitely did want to bring up is, and I think you mentioned it in, in your latest research article or, or article describing the group, is that we have these inner critics. Mm-hmm. That, that comes up, right? I'm not making it Yeah. Up. Yeah. So we have these inner critics because we're, I mean, like as dancers, we're so used to hearing like, you know, more of this, a little bit more of that, more a palma here, like mm. give me more presence or whatever. Um, so, and we're, we're not as used to hearing like, great job. Yeah. Like you, you've done well. So I feel like as dancers, we tend to have really strong inner critics. Like what kind of things you do in group or individually or what kind of tools do you yeah. try to give dancers to to quiet that inner critic so that you can take care of yourself. It's, yeah, that's one of the, the biggest things I think that dancers come to me for support around. Um, because I mean, as you described, it is, it is often, often a challenge, right? In Mm -hmm. dance, you're trained to focus on what's wrong. Right. Um, and what you're not doing right, because that's what helps you be better mm-hmm. um but then that can start to bleed in other areas of your life other ways that you see yourself and that's where um this kind of negative self-talk comes up that's that's really ultimately not helpful right. um in moving you forward and in the direction you want to go um and so um yeah i mean individually working with dancers um you know, what I help them to do is first really understand what that inner critic sounds like, what mm-hmm. exactly is that inner critic saying, when does it tend to pop up and rear its head, um, and then we start to really sort of question those different messages about themselves, so mm-hmm. recognizing whether or not that inner critic is telling the truth, if that critic is, you know, leading a dancer to feel anxious, to feel stressed, to feel insecure, then it's not worth holding on to those thoughts and to that voice. And so, um, starting to, to challenge that type of thinking, um, and figure out how we can replace it with more affirmative, encouraging messages that are actually going to help a dancer move forward. Um, and so, you know, individually that looks, looks one way in the group. Again, I think the group dynamic can be really helpful in this area because a lot of the dancers will say that as they go throughout the week they're hearing the voices of other members in the group and things that people have said and Mm -hmm. so those then become kind of the messages that a dancer looks to when they're feeling frustrated when they're feeling upset which then just doesn't leave space for that inner critic to to speak up um yeah and again 
you know, sometimes even this, you know, can be a challenge for a dancer to digest, but um, if that voice is causing that dancer to feel poorly about themselves, to feel anxious, to feel stressed, um, then it's it's not a, a voice that's worth worth keeping around. Mm-hmm. And so, um, mm-hmm. you know, we do need to figure out a way to um, reframe those obstacles that come up, reframe those things that a dancer is working on um, so that they feel empowered, so they feel like there's the, the capacity for change instead of feeling like there. Stuck. Yeah, <laughs> instead of feeling stuck, instead of um, feeling kind of put down and less than. Yeah, yeah. If you were to give a dancer that you met on the street who just got injured mm-hmm. any advice um, from your position regarding healing yeah. um, or something that you would think is like most important, uh, which I know is a very on-trend question, but <laughs> can you tell us, you know, wanna, can you tell us what that would be? I mean, I think, and this just gives kind of a good summary, too, of what we've talked about just to not ignore this psychological, emotional piece of injury. Um, I mean, yes, it's a a physical injury, but as we've talked about in past episodes, um, you know, stress and um, our thought processes around a healing, uh, around a healing, (laughs) uh, stress and our thought processes around an injury um, can really, you know, negatively affect our ability to heal. Mm -hmm. Um, Whether that's you know, heal and return to dance or heal and, you know, move on to sort of the next step in in a dancer's life or career. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, and I'll see dancers in kind of either category who maybe didn't do that work to process those emotional experiences and are feeling held back in some way, whether that's in their dancing or whether that's in their ability to move forward in their lives. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, processing those feelings can look differently, right? It can look like a support group. It can look like therapy. It can look like leaning on feelings and friends. Um, but look like leaning on family and friends. Cool. Um, but it's a significant part of this process. And so, um, yeah, should not be ignored and really needs to be taken seriously. Um, and that, Again, kind of self-care and self-nurturing can feel uncomfortable for a dancer, but um, is also just good practice in kind of prioritizing that dancer's mental health in general. Yeah, and I would say as a physical therapist, here, here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because as you've said, I've, I've seen it stand in people's way. I've mm. seen it prolong the therapy process, the physical yeah. therapy process, getting back on stage. Um, and, and it makes you more resilient um, mm. and a little happier. Yeah. <laughs> um, so thank you. Thanks for sharing. You're welcome. My pleasure. And um, in terms of if anyone listening to this episode wants to get in touch with you, can you share different ways that they can find you? Sure. So um, at the Actors Fund, you can go to actorsfund.org to mm-hmm. get information on all of our different services here. My email at the Actors Fund is cdrury, so c-d-r-u-r-y at actorsfund.org. I also have a private practice in Manhattan through which I provide individual support for dancers, um, and all of that information can be found um, on my website, which is just katherinedrury.com. And uh, for those of you who didn't catch that, it'll be in the show notes, so you can find that under, or in the description of the podcast. Um, And once more, thanks for joining us. We really appreciate you being here. You're very welcome. Bye. 
On behalf of Ellie and myself, I, Marissa Schaefer, want to say thank you to all of our listeners for joining us on this episode of Dancewell Podcast. Like what you hear? Go to Stitcher, iTunes, or SoundCloud and search Dancewell Podcast and subscribe. You can also view all of our episodes and learn more about this podcast by visiting our website at www.dancewellpodcast.com. We wouldn't be where we are without generous contributions from our listeners. Your contributions help pay for our SoundCloud membership, website fees, upgrades, and our recording technology. If you too would like to make a contribution to DanceWell, please follow the link in the description of this podcast to visit our GoFundMe page. We thank you in advance for your support. And lastly, if you have questions or want to get in touch, email us at dancewellpodcast at gmail.com. Bye.